Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Well, quite an honor for us on the podcast here this week to talk to somebody who was on BTR last year as she was recovering from numerous surgeries. And Cece Bellis joins us now. You're you're in a hotel room. Are you in Charleston right now? I am in Charleston. Okay, yes. let's let's just update. People will hear this on Monday, so just kind of update us. You you obviously had to withdraw um, from a match in Tyler, Texas. How is your arm right now? Are you ready for Charleston? Yeah, um, I withdrew in uh, Tyler last week, but um, it wasn't anything serious. It was more just for precautionary, you know, measures uh, because obviously I've been through so much in the last couple of years with injuries and surgeries. So um, nothing too serious. I'm actually fully recovered now, and uh, I'll be ready for Charleston for sure. How many more tournaments do you have for the rest of the year? What does the rest of the year look like right now? Uh, this is the last one for me. Charleston's the last one. Wow, done for the year and just relaxing. And right. I guess we don't really know what the new year holds, but do right. you have any plans for going forward or just happy with where you um, are? Hopefully, you know, the Australian swing, I'm trying to get my ranking up uh, to where I can make the main draw. So hopefully, you know, I can have a good tournament here and, and get in there. Um, but I think, you know, I'll be going over there either way. Okay. You know, going back to kind of the BTR that we did together, and this was, you know, some time ago at this point, obviously people knew the, some of the struggles that you dealt with, but, you know, kind of until the story came out, I was getting messages like, holy shit, like I had no idea what <laughs> she was going through. Yeah. I had no idea. So kind of take us through what that was like for you and overcoming that and being in a place now where, you know, you're playing CC Bellas tennis again. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, uh, when I explained it to you before, it was a really crazy part of my life. It felt like, you know, the year and a half felt like five years or longer for me, um, just because of everything that I went through. And it's just really nice to be back fully healthy, competing, you know, on a regular basis. Um, I didn't really ever know if I was going to be able to get to back to playing two, three terms in a row like I am now. So uh, that's one of the biggest things for me. I'm just happy that I'm able to compete, you know, consecutive days, consecutive weeks in a row. You mentioned it when you were preparing for the Open about how um, you kind of took this COVID break um, through the spring and summer in stride just because you've you've been through it. And I'm wondering where you're at now, a couple months in, when you've had the experience of playing a few weeks in a row. Are you uh, still as appreciative of, of everything or are you just kind of back in the grind, if you will? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, because I'd had so much time off um, pre-COVID, 
it wasn't as hard for me um, to have the break as I'm sure it was for a lot of players that were consistently playing uh, up until that point. So I guess you could say it was a bit easier for me since I was more used to it, but I'm really, yeah, happy to be back in the grind of things now for sure. And for you, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we were talking in Orlando and we were competing over who was the best gift giver at that time, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which obviously it's me, but, you know, (laughs) for you, um, you know, during the time off and everything was, what was in question for you? Was tennis in question for you? Was future in question for you? I mean, you know, where are you looking in the mirror, you know, day in, day out? I mean, you know, you always have a smile on your face, but for the most part, I know what it's like at the low level. I mean, you, you couldn't catch a break. I mean, kind of take us through the mental aspects of that and, and the thoughts that went through your head. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, be, pretty much before each surgery, I questioned whether I wanted to do it and whether I wanted to go through with it. Um, and it was, it was pretty tough coming to that decision, especially before um, the biggest surgery that I had, which is uh, breaking the bone. Uh, Cause that just sounded so, you know, barbaric to me. I'd never heard That's of insane. anything like that. Yeah. So I really, you know, my family, the people around me, we, we all kind of uh, took a couple weeks just to, to really think about it. And then I finally just kind of on a whim, I was like, let's just go do it. Like, let's, you know, figure this out. Let's see if this would be the final step to being able to play again. Um, and you know, it, it pretty much was, there was a little, a couple of hiccups after, but that was pretty much, uh, you know, the final, um, huge thing that I needed to get done. So I'm, I'm definitely glad I did it, but there was for sure times where, um, I was considering not doing it and just, uh, you know, thinking about moving on from tennis for sure, just being done with it. Cause I'd felt like I'd put my body through so much already. Um, and you know, I've been taking college classes during this whole time too. So I always had that backup as well. I'm still taking them right now. Um, so, you know, I always have that and I always, you know, I had that at that time. So I wasn't too worried about not having, you know, anything to do or, you know, something like that at the moment, which was nice to have as well. A couple of questions to that. I think the first one is, and I think people would like to know this, what would be a backup plan for you? I mean, somebody Other your age cooking. that- other than cooking, because that's obvious. <laughs> I have people in my life that absolutely love your page. <laughs> I can't give you that credit. There's no way I can give you that much credit. But I have people that literally follow every ingredient, every recipe oh that you God, put down. Oh my God, that's so nice. I know. But um, yeah, so besides cooking, or maybe that is, but um, you know, what would have been a backup plan for somebody that's made it before from your age? What did it look like without a tennis racket? Um, yeah, so I was really focused on school at that point through uh, each of the surgeries that I had and through, you know, all the rehabbing and everything, um, obviously still am, but uh, I'm a business major. So I was definitely going to continue finishing my degree and find something in business. I love math. I'm a huge fan of finance. So it's definitely gonna be something involving that just, you know, getting a normal job and having a normal life. Mm-hmm. But you're you're just 21 years of age. I'm I'm like triple that. It's fine. I've gotten past it. But um, it, how how do you actually? I don't know this level of maturity where you're already having to come up with backup plans at the age of 19, the age of 20. I mean, how, how do you? It has it been forced upon you? Do you feel some sort of frustration with that, or are you just kind of accepting as it comes at you? Um. That's a really good question. I think at that point, uh, that was really the only thing that we could really think about and, and try and find positives in, you know, kind of such a negative time, unfortunately. 
Um, and obviously I have such a strong like family bond and the people around me are such um, big influences in my life. And, you know, I'm obviously, I have a lot of really close people around me. So they were a huge help involving that as well. And just kind of reassuring me that everything was going to be fine if I didn't play tennis and that, you know, I'd, I never look at tennis as my entire life. It's a, obviously a huge part of my life, but I have a lot of other interests and, and things going for me. And um, the main thing really was like, my parents always reminded me, like I never needed to play tennis for, you know, any serious reason. I, I was playing, I started playing tennis for fun and that's what I'm still doing right now. So I'm not really looking at it as like a, an extreme version of like a life or death situation for sure. You know, I always, um, you know, with school and, and other things, I feel like I have other options for sure. Yeah. Mike's asking, cause he's looking for a backup plan as well. We don't know how much longer his body can handle this day in, day out. I understand. <laughs> um, I think Mike actually did ask a, you know, a good question in the beginning. And I think, well, you get hate mail no matter what, but fans ask this a lot and they're like, you should be, in, you should be enjoying every aspect at this point. You're just coming back into it. When does that line between, okay, I'm still enjoying this because I haven't really had this before. And then that point where it's like, I'm just hitting freaking forehands again. Like this is a grind again. You know, where does that come into play? And you, you asked that as I'm looking at CeCe's background right now. And I, I know those window shades all too well of just like <laughs> standard hotel in every city exactly. in America. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest reasons why I love tennis is I love training and that's one of my favorite parts of it. And, you know, having my team around me every day and really working hard, that's one of my favorite things. So I haven't, um, I, I wouldn't say I really ever have not enjoyed the training aspect of it. Sometimes, you know, the traveling part has been tough for me and, uh, you know, playing week after week after week and not being home. Uh, that's definitely been the toughest part um, of tennis just in general for me. And also, you know, a part that I really love getting to travel, but, um, I think that's been the kind of craziest thing, like getting back used to traveling that much again. Cause for, you know, two years I didn't travel at all just besides for the surgery. So, um, just getting on a plane for a tournament was really enjoyable for me. And, um, I think like the training, I, I wouldn't ever have an issue with that. I really enjoy it. Um, and just kind of managing my schedule is the biggest thing for me, for sure. We know, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know this. So I do the men's side, the challengers on the men's side. Yeah, I do the yeah. play by play. So, so Noah and I are preparing to do our first uh, challenger experiences since uh, Dallas for me. So that was February, the week of Midland uh, for, for mm -hmm. you guys on the women's side. What has it been like these last two weeks? Um, you, you obviously had the U.S. Open experience, and that's unique. You get all the kind of the perks that go along with the U.S. Open, along with how, how it was this year. But what's it been like um, on the USTA Pro Circuit, these ITF tournaments the last couple of weeks? Take us through the day-by-day -day in terms of the protocols, the testing, um, how it's been handled um, in, in Tyler and, and Macon. Yeah, um, so obviously U.S. Open was very, very strict, and uh, we got tested every three days, I think, mm -hmm. um, and everything was, you know, super structured, uh, involving transportation, everything like that. Um, there there was not really a bubble uh, at these pro circuit tournaments, which is, you know, expected for sure, um, and we get tested once a week during these, so it's a bit different. And what's it been like on, on site, uh, in terms of interactions with people who's, I guess there are still some tiers, tier one and tier two. How, how does that whole thing work? Um, I think, you know, 
the players are pretty comfortable with it at this point with um, being around each other, I would say, just from the previous tournaments that we've played. And, uh, you know, with credentials and things like that, we can have plus one on site. Um, so they're definitely limiting that. And then they are having uh, limited, I guess, spectators, which um, there's not too, too many at this level. But uh, last week, I think they allowed um, any of like the club members to come in, which was nice. And then the first week in Macon, they just allowed people on the day of the finals. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how I'm going to stop all my fans from coming in. And Mike's as well. Jeez. <laughs> we can fit them in the car on the way over. <laughs> but, Definitely not. Um, I have yeah, one I think... person in Carrie who actually does hate me. I, I, that is true. I have one person <laughs> yeah, in Carrie who hates me. Yeah, it's true. Like oh deep down. Like yeah, really, cold. really strongly dislikes me. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's good numbers for you. I mean, uh, well, those are rookie numbers for you. We'll talk about it later. But yeah, he really hates me. It's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that because I've been in my club in New York every once in a while. And the one of the things that I tell them, because this is something we get taught early on as a tennis player, especially, is that put all your eggs in one basket. Like, don't have a plan B. Make sure that that is not the you know mentality that you want, because once you have a plan B, you know, everything goes out the window. Um but I think somebody like you, and we've seen it before with um, top women as well. Ash Barty was another one that took some time mm. off and we saw the success. Do you feel that relief of pressure when you see the outside world and you see what could possibly be in your life and saying this idea of, okay, like I can just train, work really hard, but enjoy everything. Like a loss is kind of just a loss when I think tennis players make it this whole thing. Is that kind of been a switch of mentality for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and especially coming back from being injured, I really had a look at what life would be like without tennis um, for that period of time, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, obviously I was committed to Stanford and I was always had that as a plan B. And I think that's super important to have as a junior player to, you know, commit to a college. And I ended up turning pro before I went, but just having that, you know, in case um, something happened before I went pro, um, like this injury. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's super important. I think it's definitely, you know, a relief of pressure to have a uh, plan B. And I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it's important for people to have. So how do you carry that from tournament to tournament, especially when, like we said, you're, you're in these everyday hotels in, in America somewhere and you don't, you know, you just kind of feel trapped. How do you carry that from tournament to tournament to day to day? Carry what? Just that, that relief, that just realization oh, that yeah. you don't have that pressure every day. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. And I think um, I think it would help a lot of players that, you know, are maybe focusing on the wins and losses too much. And uh, like Noah said, I think it's definitely um, you can look at losses as just a loss in a sport. And that's um, really what I look at it as for sure, because, you know, obviously I enjoy training so much. I have other things that I do for sure. So um, I think it's important to to have a plan B and to, you know, not dwell on the losses too much i think it helps a lot i mean we don't ask this too often but you know kind of how you know mike alluded to it a little bit during the time off but how has you know covid been for you during this time whether it's training or seeing family or friends has it been a mental drain for you or it's been okay so far um in the beginning it was actually not bad for me because i had played a ton of matches at the beginning of the year and my arm needed a bit of a break for sure <laughs> Um, but you know, I was definitely ready to play tournaments again, uh, after a few months and, 
um, you know, we kept on a pretty regular training schedule. I didn't take too much time off. So I was really, really, really ready to go by the time tournaments came back. All right. I, I have two questions. The first is just about that arm. Is it kind of like, do you have any, um, I, I relate this to baseball, like baseball players as they're coming back, they have a pitch count, right? With how many times mm -hmm. they should throw. Are, are you still at a point where you say I can only do X amount of tournaments, three tournaments in a row before I have to take some time off? just to relieve the pressure? Um, I mean, I don't think even before I had the surgeries, I would play more than three maximum four okay. in a row. Um, and I would, I would definitely not go over that just for, you know, mental, physical, everything type of standpoint. Um, and yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't want to push it to the point of, you know, hurting something with too many matches. And, you know, that's why I, I wanted to rest last week after, a ton of matches in one day. I just didn't want to push it after that point. So yeah, I think it's important for me to still, you know, be somewhat concerned about it. You know, I'm not having any pain or anything during matches or training or anything like that, but just um, being super cautious is important for me. I want to talk about the cooking. Okay. <laughs> so I have a, I have a six-year-old. So as a result, most of my life, CC, as you can imagine with a six-year-old is built around you know, uh, cheese, uh, mac and cheese, grilled cheese, uh, hot dogs oh, with cheese. Geez. That was your diet way yeah, before you had a child. That's fine. Again, Noah's calling me fat. It's fine. I'm used to it. Um, where did this come from, especially for someone who travels as much as you have over the last so many years? How has this just kind of been cultivated in you? Yeah, well, um, my mom is a really, really good cook and she has cooked every meal pretty much, uh, for my family. Um, you know, since I was born. So I was really used to kind of home cooking since I was really little. And, uh, she kind of taught me everything that I've known up to this point. And we, we cook together all the time. We have such a great time and I really got my love of it through her for sure. And obviously during COVID, I had some extra time on my hands from not traveling. So I was able to cook more and, you know, start filming it and do fun stuff like that. So I mean, why haven't we seen a cook-off? I mean, I see like Bjorn <laughs> for Tangelo oh, like, cooking well, all the time. <laughs> we actually, we have had a few, um, you know, not for anything serious, but some fun <laughs> cook-offs with uh, a lot of the girls at USTA. We have pretty much everyone over and um, everyone's taste testers mm. and they kind of uh, rate each dish that like I make. Irina has been involved in it and my mom does it too and then um, everyone kind of picks like a winner at the end and we, we have I mean, a couple of fun ones like that, but nothing say, too serious you yet. friendly and I see Irina like trying to mark your thing and you have like a knife <laughs> in the background just holding it, just waiting. But I see everybody cooking in Orlando. I mean, Bjorn's like, look yeah. what I made today. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that seems like a five course meal right there. And, and then you <laughs> cook all the time. And, and what's your number one dish? Oh, that's a tough one. I you know, started with baking, but I've really branched out into a lot more cooking recently. Um, but if you ask any of my friends, their favorite dish of mine is cinnamon rolls. Mm. Okay. I just want to point out, I don't know if you knew this, Cece, uh, we're, we're having a challenger in Orlando in a couple weeks. Um, oh, are you? So, are. you know, both <laughs> of us are going to be in town. Um, I happen to be gluten intolerant, so, you know, we could... I'll definitely bring some goodies out. Yeah, well... No, and I, I, no, we'll take the risk. I'm intolerant to everything, and I still would have the cinnamon roll. <laughs> I would take the cinnamon roll. Um, 
But, you know, actually one last serious question, and this is something I've always wanted to hear a little bit about was, um, you know, I dealt with this a little bit and it has to relate. And there's a positive side and a negative side to this. You know, obviously you were one of, if not the top American coming up, you were highly ranked. The relief of pressure of people not necessarily talking about you, you know, anymore during this downtime, during injuries, you know, how does that negatively and positively affect kind of your mental? I think when I was hurt, it really positively affected me. Um, not having to hear about tennis. I, I honestly, I unfollowed every tennis page that I followed. <laughs> I, you know, tried to not watch. I don't think I watched any tennis at all when I was hurt and I didn't follow it. I didn't want to have any involvement in it because it was just going to make me upset at that point, you know, not being able to be there. Um, so yeah, it was actually really relieving <laughs> to not have to deal with, um, you know, really any, you know, negativity or anything involving, um, you know, me just feeling upset with, uh, not being there. So it was positive for sure. And obviously I know so many people were just so happy to see you back at the end of last year. And, and obviously what you've been able to do this year as well, especially at the open. Um, so obviously Australia is the next then big one for you. Two-week quarantine is mandatory, um, and, I, and I don't know what your schedule is, and I don't know how far in advance you've looked. Potentially, it means missing Christmas at home um, for a lot of players. So what will that entail for you? How will you kind of handle that in terms of what you want to do with your schedule? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we take a flight on Christmas every year to Australia anyway. We literally leave the 25th every single year, mm. which is unfortunate. But, um, yeah, we don't. Uh, really know what my schedule is going to be at. We haven't planned that far ahead. I think uh, a lot of things are still up in the air. So once everything's um, more set in stone, we'll begin to plan the schedule for Australia. What's Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Hanukkah, except for non-Jewish Actually people. Actually fun. Yeah, <laughs> I right. I thought you were going to say something way worse than that. <laughs> it's, it's nice. Thanks for asking. Um, so I'll be home for Hanukkah okay, um, no matter that's what. Good. So, yeah, so that's uh, good that would, it would also um, imply that you get to go play at the Australian Open, but I, I think that's still in doubt, my so friend. yay for oh. Jewish people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ignore every comment. I don't like humans. Actually, quarantine was really fun for me. I didn't have to interact <laughs> with people. <laughs> Cece, thank you so much for your time. Um, good luck this week in Charleston. Hopefully the, the weather's a little bit better and <laughs> a little bit better for your arm as well. But thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and good luck this week. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. It was good to see you guys. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.